don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I am getting the Ghostbusters crew back together to discuss another movie. So I would like to introduce to you Baron Fang and Dark Princess. Jeff and Jen, respectively. Hello. 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 Hey. Now, our movie today is Batman. That is 1989's Batman. And as you know, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. So not only are we going to spoil this movie, any movie in the original theatrical Batman runs, that is fair game. Comic books, fair game. Even the Dark Knight trilogy, fair game. So you've been warned. If you do not want this movie spoiled for you, you should end it now because the Joker is the one who killed Batman's parents. (laughs) I warned them. Guys, yep. I warned You did. You did. Yeah. Can't say you didn't warn them. You, you didn't think I was serious, did you? <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk real. about this movie. Uh, in 1989, so Jeff, I'm going to ask you, because once again, this is what I do for the old movies. Did you see <laughs> this in the theater? I did not. No, I saw this uh, a couple of days after the VHS release, which was in itself a big deal. I, yep. I mean, th- this was back when Blockbuster VHS released... And not just literally blockbuster. I mean, like big releases that everyone was trying to see were kind of the norm. But no, I, I did not. Um, I did not see it in the theater that summer. No, neither did I. I was not allowed to see it in the theater. <laughs> my my folks thought it was maybe too dark and too old for my. Now I was a huge Batman fan. I had been watching the Adam West show quite mm-hmm. regularly. I was actually a pretty big Batman fan, but my folks wouldn't let me watch it till a couple years. I think it was a couple years later when it finally came out, right? Like, uh, it was not. I mean, it's not like the releases we get now, where it's less than a year and they get these suckers out. Like, it was. I, I want to say I saw it before the next summer, but I could be wrong about that. Like, I, I just, I just remember it being a big deal uh, that when it hit, and you know, you were hearing things about we we have a hundred copies to satisfy customer yeah. demand. Yeah. Yeah, sure no, you do. <laughs> I, when, I, when I saw this, like this was my, my dad, and I don't understand this. They knew I was a Batman fan. He had rented it and was watching it and wasn't even going to tell me that he had it. And I'm walking through and I kind of I see Michael Keaton out of the corner of my eye. And I, you know, I kind of know that he was Batman. Yeah. Um, and then I hear him called Bruce and I stop and like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're watching Batman. And at that point, like there was no getting me out of the room. So I actually <laughs> watched the movie, but it, it wasn't. I mean, it's not terrible, especially by today's standards. It was rated PG-13, but yeah. it was a pretty soft PG-13, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, really, I I struggle to think of what... I mean, then again, I don't know what the strict definitions of PG-13 are, but there wasn't swearing, so it must have been for violence, right? Yeah, I mean, there was very so... little in terms of swearing, so I imagine it had to be violence. I mean, like, there was there was some. I, I think Detective Eckhart, right off the top of my head... Yeah, he gets he's, he's a little salty, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they were overreacting a little bit, and maybe they were hearing a lot in the media about how dark it was. And I look at it now and think it wasn't really that dark. But of course, we'll get into yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, this, you know, it's, this was a movie that I remember loving when I first saw it. Um, I've I've seen it several times. I mean, I watched it. I. I had the VHS tape and then it was actually, it was, it was one of my first DVD purchases. It was the, I'm going to call back to Ghostbusters on the same trip. When I bought Ghostbusters, I also bought Batman. Wow. So either one of these could be considered the first DVD I ever bought. I consider it Ghostbusters because that's what actually went through the checkout first. There you go. That's it. So this would have been the second, but I, I liked the movie so much growing up and the older I get and the more I watch it, this is sad. The less I tend to like it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with you. I yeah, um, me too. and and uh, without spending all night on it, I think it's a combination of the fact that the new Dark Knight trilogy I think is a step a step up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there's a lot of things about its departures from the comic that bother me a bit more now than they did when I was younger, and it's it's a very late 80s early 90s film despite the fact that you know a lot of the art is 40s type look and stuff like that yeah it it's it is a 
it's more dated than I ever thought it would be when I look at it. And considering it's a movie that's not set in 1989 real world, the, the combination of a lot of things, including prints primarily, oh, oh, <laughs> really God. date this movie quite a bit more. I would I never thought. understand how Prince got himself in this movie for two full songs. <laughs> yeah. Like and two... three and three music videos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Like they, the first time they stop the entire movie and do a musical montage where the Joker's dancing to Prince, yeah, you know, you're sort of like, well, that was weird. And then when they do it for a second time, now you just you're shaking your head. Yeah, the, the short answer is because he was with Warner Brothers at the time. That's yeah. really the the, the the main reason why it happened. Yeah, I will. I I will almost never forgive that. Um, <laughs> like I said, you know, the second one, the first one, I was is still kind of amusing. And it, it ranks among my favorite scenes is when they're all just wrecking because it's it's kind of Joker being Jokery. Yeah. And and oh, so yeah. I wasn't I, w- I wasn't that upset by it. But the second time around, it just it just felt like extra padding <laughs> when when the, the story really needed to be moving. Yeah. But it's yeah, the deco of this movie is kind of odd. And I I just point the finger right at Tim Burton. Yeah. Well, you have to. I, I mean, yeah. It's it's all squarely right on him. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm sure. Well, they wanted it to be. Um, the, the, I th- I think because of the the insistence from a lot of the writers and you know even Burton early on of it being based in Bob Kane's mm-hmm. Batman that that meant it had to be sort of 40s ish uh, yeah. fit. Um, but in, you know, it, there's some things about that that I like and others that I just go, eh. <laughs> particularly yeah. 20 or 30 years later or whatever, or not 30. What is it? 25 maybe? No, it's yeah. We're at what? 26 years. I think 26. Now. Yeah. 89 when it came out. So yeah. 89. Right. We'll say 26 just <laughs> summer and we're past summer. So yeah. we'll say 26. But, uh, yeah, you know what though? I, um, Listen, I, n- nothing against Bob Kane, and I'm not even going to get into the conspiracy theories about whether or not he created Batman. We're not touching that. We're just going to go under the assumption he did because he gets the credit for it. But every one of these movies, he says something about it. Like this movie, he said, "Like wow, this is exactly Gotham City the way I envisioned it." Yeah. And I can't help but think, like you envisioned Gotham City as a very obvious backset on a, <laughs> on a movie lot somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what this is. Yeah. yeah. It is, it I is. mean, it, it is not filmed and on location in any city, and that is painfully obvious when you watch yeah, it. Yeah. And, and, not and, a single uh, have, street or external scene seems real, does it? No, no and I, I watched the, uh, in preparation, you'll be glad to hear, Greg, yeah. that uh, I not, on, not only did I watch the movie with Jen, but I also painstakingly sifted through a lot of the uh, documentaries on the, on the Blu-ray release. But uh, which is disappointing, by the way. The the uh, sorry the, the the documentaries are great, but the look of the Blu-ray. Yeah, it, it was the special well. edition ones they did. Yes. Yeah. You know, I only ever got those on DVD, and because I just heard that there was no reason to get Blu-ray, so I it's, never did. It may as well be the DVD the way it looks, which isn't to say it's bad, but it doesn't look like a Blu-ray quality. Uh, and I've seen films that have been be polished for Blu-ray mm-hmm. that really are worth it, and this one's not. Yeah. But. Yeah, in they go into a bit of detail. It was filmed in England, and mm-hmm. the back lot that they used in question was huge. And for its, you know, one of the biggest uh, that they've ever they they'd used up to that point. But still, for all that, it still feels very much it's, it's like painful. a set. It's painful. There's yeah. there's at no point where I'm watching a scene in this film that's outside, and I think this is a real city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the crowd scenes in particular. Um, I think I think Jen and I were chuckling at the the parade. This is a oh, parade God. where he's he, the parade. He's going to throw ten million dollars in the crowd, and a couple hundred people turn up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Oh. Let me tell you that if 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 I had a segment on Hero Talk where we talked about our least favorite scenes, <laughs> uh, that parade would have been on the list. I, <laughs> I don't like that. It's it's so the whole scene, the whole setup, and the Batwing and everything. It's so encased in cheese. <laughs> and that, long. Yes, At that point, I, I was kind of checking my watch. Like, is this over yet? It's so long and it's so cheesy, and there's so much camp, and you can only get away with so much camp. You know, like, yeah. and listen, I'm a fan of camp. I like the 1960s Batman show. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. you can overdo it, and especially if you're going for dark and gritty, you, you, there's only so much camp you can get away with. Yeah, camp kind of. Kills the whole dark and gritty atmosphere. Yeah. 
So anyway, we, uh, I will talk about that scene in its entirety later in this podcast. I don't want to get too far right. off of that. <laughs> but all right, so let's talk about the casting. And I think the, the casting is actually a pretty significant thing to talk about in terms yeah. of what we have now. Because if you thought people were mad about Ben Affleck being cast <laughs> yeah. as Batman, yeah. you should have heard the people who didn't like Mr. Mom being cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Michael Keaton, for those of you who don't remember, Mr. Mom. Mm, and Beetlejuice, uh, of course. And, and Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, he's, I mean, he's not that big. He's not super built. I mean, he's what, 5'10", no. I think. Um, he, he seemed a real, real off choice. And, uh, I've seen some of the old comments that like people made about him and it was worse than any reaction to Ben Affleck, who incidentally kind of looks like he could play Batman, which even, even Keaton didn't think he could. But, uh, you know, I, I just I, I didn't have any problem so much with Keaton's portrayal and mm. all the issues that I have with the movie. Uh, yeah. Very little of that falls on Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think as we've talked before, Greg, uh, the Batman Bruce Wayne thing requires an actor that can pull off both of those aspects. And the one aspect, the growling in a mask, is actually the easiest part. Yeah. Because as long as you have the stature mm-hmm. or the right angles or lifts yeah. <laughs> or pads yeah. or muscles, you can pull that part off. Uh, general, I mean, look, of all the guys that have played Batman over the years, I I think all of them looked okay in the suit generally. I mean, there was there was the suits themselves might might have been ridiculous or not, but I didn't look at them and go, "Oh, he doesn't look like Batman in the suit." Uh, it's it's the it's the Bruce Wayne part that you really have to nail to be able to yes. do the role in its total. And and Keaton played. There was some brooding. To I mean, you've got to be a little bit brooding to yeah. be Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. A little bit quiet. And it, but he did something that I don't think anyone has quite done since. Is he played him a little bit quirky? I mean, the way that he was awkward with Vicky Vale in the party yeah. scene, and the way that he he his collection. In the, in the <laughs> of all yeah. the weird suits, oh yeah, like like I don't find it hard to believe that Bruce Wayne, being uh, a a you know a martial arts uh, expert and interested in all this stuff and weapons and all, w- would have that sort of a collection. But the way that Keaton played it off, it was almost like uh, you know I'm a, I'm this strange collector. You know, you'd almost think that he would have another room that have would have pinball machines in it. The way that yeah. <laughs> the way that he looked at it, he so. definitely he played Keaton in a way. And and my looking back at it now, like. It's I did this went all over my head until I watch it as an adult. But uh, he played Batman as though, you know, you know, I'm Batman was the real guy. And Bruce Wayne, he looked so uncomfortable when he was Bruce Wayne. And it really kind of strives to this isn't the real man. Yeah, because whenever he has to be Bruce Wayne, he just he seems like he's he's just uncomfortable is the word I find. He just looks like he's not happy to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He'd rather be somewhere else. Yeah. Um. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Like he's sticking pens and plants and putting in <laughs> in a, just a scene that was amazingly done is where Alfred's following him around, and like, <laughs> making sure like he doesn't spill everything all over the place because he just has no idea what he's doing. And yeah, I I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. I I really wish that somebody would try to go back to because we don't we don't get back to that always no. like yeah. they always try to play bruce is like oh he's pretending to be incompetent but he's brilliant and he's in control and i like i like the idea of well he's not in when he's bruce wayne he's uncomfortable and he doesn't like it and he doesn't know what he's supposed to do well the line when when they're all having dinner with alfred after alfred leaves uh in their first pseudo date at the mm-hmm. mansion he yeah. says something to the effect of you know i couldn't get dressed without him or i i, I wouldn't know where to find my socks without him which is you know a, a a telling line and in keeping yeah. with his sort of, you know, character that is, I don't know, bumbling's not the right word, but he, he definitely doesn't have it, it all together, particularly in his personal life, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you just get this, it, and it really, it makes you feel, when Alfred feels so bad for him, and it's like he's trying to get him, you know, dating someone or seeing someone, you understand why. It's because socially, when he's, when he's not out beating criminals to a pulp, he has no idea how to interact with people, yeah. and he's just kind of faking it. Whereas Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is over the top inappropriate in order to hide right. Right. Uh, in a way like there's no way he could be Batman because he's such a he's such a boy uh, he, he's such a, uh, a, a overgrown child and a playboy yeah. and a jerk and a loudmouth uh, but that's not you know that's not the real him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 
It, I mean, it was it was an interesting take, and I thought it was brilliant. I had no issues with with him. Um, I guess my main issue with the Joker was Jack Nicholson seemed old. Yeah, uh, and I don't know how old he actually was in that. Um, but whatever he was, he was. I mean, older than how I would picture the Joker yeah. character. Well, he's um, he's seventy seven now. So if yeah. you do that math in your head, I mean, he was what in his early sixties when he was the Joker. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I still think he pulled it off, but it it was hard. It was hard to see why this criminal organization with Jack Palance, an even older guy at the head, right, was the second guy, <laughs> was the guy maybe ten years younger in his in his sixties. You know? Yeah, in his fifties, by the in, way. I totally his, jacked up that math. In his fifties, okay, yeah, but still a bit older than I would have thought. Um, I mean. Uh, when you think older supervillains, I think the Vulture from Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> it was just—I don't—I don't know. I Mr. Freeze maybe older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't even get me started, Mr. Freeze. Let me tell you that that hero talk is already out and published, and my yes. my opinion is very well known that I don't understand how a chemical accident takes away his doctorate. But... <laughs> I'm Dr. Freeze. Oh, no, chemicals. Now I'm Mr. Yeah. Freeze. No, wait a minute. No. You still have a doctorate. Oh, uh, so one one thing I do have to mention quickly before we go off Bruce Wayne yeah. is I really did not like how uh, Robert Wool's character, when Vicky Vale, the new girl in town, asked about who Bruce Wayne is, didn't know who he was. Everyone in Gotham <laughs> is supposed to know who Bruce Wayne yeah. is. That was and, dumb. Like, I mean, come yeah, on! <laughs> I it, it, it I should probably state at this point because I don't know how often I've even heard it said, but the script was written and then there was a writer's strike and new writers came in, so a lot of stuff got changed, and so the original writer who I think was uh was his name Sam Ham. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he had a lot of he knows Batman mm-hmm. and a lot of the writers they brought in to replace him did not. So I think that might be now this I don't know if this particular line is because of that because. You know, I don't know for certain, but I know there's been there was a lot of other issues with the movie that can be attributed to the writer's strike and the new writers coming in. It also could just be that they were trying to set up that scene for her of like that, that surprise of like, what oh, that's him. Past? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's not a good choice. Yeah. And particularly in, you know, like nowadays, um, origin stories are are starting to be glossed over a little bit more because they realize that the audience knows this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's the problem, especially when, (laughs) you know, when you have the origin of Superman was told out over 10 years on a TV show. Yeah. And you've got the origin of Batman at time of recording just starting out on another TV show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's mm-hmm. on Fox, so who knows? It might be canceled by the time this actually goes out. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... People People know. At this point, they, they got the idea, so you gotta... You, you have to sort of gloss over it. And, yeah. like, a lot of people have been using... I say a lot of people, because I guess they were both Chris... Chris, uh, Chris Nolan. Uh, yeah. Just does the, well, let's get him out there, and then we'll have some flashbacks to the actual stuff, and then we'll tell a totally different story that nobody has really seen in the comics. Yeah, which and, is which was an interesting choice. And, yeah, it works. I mean, it worked here, too. Like, I like that, hey, we're just, I mean, you didn't have to go through an origin story. Like, the first scene you see him in, he's Batman. Yes, yeah. although at that point, he's not well known, apparently, because he's still yeah. getting it out there. <laughs> yeah, he's still getting the, what are you? Which, uh... Another great scene. Um, a little silly in that he just sits there and takes bullet shots. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just stands and takes it, which is kind of odd. But then, yeah. like, you watch it, and like in the in the movie, like he kicks one guy, and then he scares the other, and like the guy he kicked is being taken away in a stretcher. And you think like all he did was kick him once, <laughs> and that guy can't walk now. <laughs> yeah. Who is that man? Those Nike bad yeah. boots really. I love uh, those Nike what, Pack a punch. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I, I, my favorite part of the movie is when like, the guy's like, it's a bat, I tell you, a giant bat. Just... Did I derail us in the middle of the casting talk? I think we were still on uh, Nicholson. You know, <laughs> you know what? This the, the cast was, other than Michael Keaton, the cast I didn't think was all that remarkable. I Vicky oh, I, liked, is, I really like Michael Goff, though. I mean, he, he, he was well, a great okay, I will give you that. Michael, Michael Goff was a, uh, was a great 
Alfred. Uh, the only guy to actually actually continue through the whole movie, right? Yes, yes, through the, through the, the original series. Uh, yeah. series, yeah. And as Jen would know, a, a veteran of Hammer Horror, uh, Michael Goff, although I couldn't name any f- any of those. I'm sure Jen probably could. Yeah, name a couple. Oh, Go. God. No, I don't know. I don't think You're, I could. Wow. Really? Michael Goff? So way I to make this was... awkward, Jen. Well, <laughs> anyway, I, it, I was looking at his credits, and that seemed to be one of the other main things he was known from. Uh, and of course, Jack Palance is is great, but a minor a minor role here. Billy D. This is the only yeah. movie other well, than a Star Billy Wars movie I've ever seen up. him in. <laughs> he he gets completely set up as Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. It comes time for Two Face, <laughs> and they pull out Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. How sad. Yeah. And I heard that he actually was very disappointed. Like he, because I, I guess he knew, and when he was cast, he thought it was great. He's like, I'm going to get to be Two Face. Then come Two Face time, nope. So that was that was sad, and and sad for Billy D. Because I, I actually kind of like Lando. Come on, that would have been great. I, you know what? I think it would have been good. Honestly, I I like Billy D. I thought he was good as Harvey Dent. I was like, ah, I can't wait to see him as Two Face. You yeah. hear Tommy Lee Jones, you're like, oh, so I guess we. Just... Well, th- th- this was back in an era where you know there would have been dickheads going, oh, you can have a black guy play Two Face. Yeah. You know what? We're still in that era. I, yeah, sort of. <laughs> this is something that drives me up the wall, and I've I've talked on it on a lot of other hero talks because these characters get switched over all the time, and I, I hate the argument of, well, you know what? The kingpin is white. Like, no, the kingpin is fictional. He's also eight <laughs> feet tall. He's also like eight feet tall and six hundred pounds. Yeah. So like, find that yeah. find that big fat white guy and and, get back. and you can see I said it. I said it on the the Daredevil hero talk. I said. You tell me who else is going to play big, giant, muscular, I believe this guy could rip Daredevil in half, and it not be Mike Duncan. He was the obvious choice at the he was, time. He was the obvious choice. Like, I've I've seen them try to do it with other people. I saw the John Rhys Davis Kingpin, and it was not convincing. Treebeard as, King, as Kingpin, yeah. Yeah. Really that, was, uh, that was on one of the old uh, Incredible Hulk movies. Oh. You know, as much as I like the Incredible Hulk TV series, the movies were awful. <laughs> yeah. But so I I don't you know, I don't mind when they do that. I'm I'm up for if you have a good actor who's going to bring something new to that role, absolutely do it. And a lot of these guys, they get so stagnant because you're in these comic books. They maintain the status quo for decades at a time that just putting something different into the character and just giving them a different perspective is sometimes all you need to revitalize them. Like, yeah, just think, look at what happened to Nick Fury after they decided to, to go with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. You know, which is who the character was originally based on when they redesigned him. So I can say Sam at Jackson before he even got cast in the role. Yeah. Cause they, they, they decided to craft him after Sam Jackson. Yeah. And now you've, you've had new life to the character. And yeah. for a lot of people, that's who they know as yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah. Why not? Um, Actually, I was going to ask Jen something just on a tangent. Mm. Given given that you were three when this movie came <laughs> yeah. out, and probably saw it when maybe you're a little bit older, mm-hmm. is that? I mean, is this the movie that you, when you were younger, identified Jack Nicholson with the most? Really, was that Joker sort of character? Because he oh, talks definitely. about it to this day as one that like people who were a kid at that era still still recognize him for like the definitely. most of that time. And that didn't switch over until I, you know, really got into horror movies. The horror, yeah. And I was, <laughs> you know, probably around the time I was a teenager, I really got into horror movies. And now when I see him, all I think is Jack Torrance, Shining. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But, but in and, terms you know, of quotability, though, I think he had more quotes in this movie than as Jack Torrance. I'd say it's line ball, but yeah, you could you could say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, there's so many good Joker lines in here, yeah. There are, and I actually think I liked him more than you guys probably did. Mm. What I kept thinking when we were watching it is that, to me, he outshined everyone else, for me personally. Mm. I love Keaton. I adore him. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Fucking Beetlejuice. I don't have to say anything else. I love that guy solely because of that. As a Batman, yes, he was cool, but he was kind of flat for me. Mm. I was kind of bored yeah. with him. So whenever Joker was on screen, even though he might not be the ideal Joker, and I totally agree, to me, Heath Ledger is Joker. That's it. Yeah, no, it's true. I think everyone probably feels that way. So okay. while I do prefer younger, amazing Heath Ledger, rest in peace, I, for me, in the 89 Batman, he outshines everybody else. There's another aspect to the Joker in this film that's not so much Nicholson's doing, but the I guess the writer and the director's choice is that this is Joker as a gangster. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't I haven't read the comics. 
I haven't read Batman a lot. Maybe, maybe you know them better than me. But to me, the Joker has always been uh, just, I mean, for lack of a better word, the Joker. And yes, he had henchmen and stuff like that. Anyone who's played the Arkham games and have, mm-hmm. have seen like Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, so him being around criminals is not unusual. But him having come up through the ranks of some sort of a criminal organization like he does in the background in this film, that's a different take on the joker so yeah he's, it's it he, seemed more i think the original joker was almost like straight up i'm a gangster yeah like and i mean the original joker i'm talking like 1930s yeah yeah but in, in the comics yeah in the comics at that time mm-hmm. uh see i'm trying to think because i didn't i didn't read a whole ton of comics around the time this movie came out so i'm trying to think like how much was influenced by the movie and not but i want to say at this time yeah he had goons but he wasn't like an established crime family yeah yeah nor was he an inheritor of a crime organization like yeah. he was in this film for killing the, the right. top guy and all and that. I want to say at the time they had maybe gone a little bit into what his origin might have been. I think the killing joke came out at some point before yes, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so they had some some variation of his origin on the books, uh, but it really didn't have much to do with this. But um, in fact, I think this might have even been the first time they tried to attribute a real name to him outside of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, as Jack Napier, and in fact, to the point where even in the the animated series later on, they made a reference to the Joker has his real name as being Jack Napier. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying. It was in that episode. Yeah, where she uh, there was that new district attorney, and there was the they took over Arkham Asylum, and they made her defend Batman, and she, I think, at some point in that episode, she makes reference to Jack Napier being the real name of the Joker. So that sort of became lore in terms of just at least the animated universe. Well, I'm thinking of the, the, the video games, and I don't know whether Jen or you, Greg, might remember this, but the, the trophies that you could get for the characters in, in the first Arkham Asylum game, they tended to be, like, if you'd scroll down, it would get to, you know, their you know their real names, their origin. I'm wondering, did the Joker have that there, or was it just like question mark, question mark? I, I, don't, know, I don't think un- it did un- not say Jack Napier, no. It didn't, okay. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But uh, I have, I think at some point they've just decided that it was Jack I think yeah. that that's actually come into the comic books and been relatively established, but I've always just in my head just thought Jack Napier. It works. Yeah, and it's it's something that I've taken from this movie because growing up, Jack Napier was the Joker. It wasn't a, this mystery. He wasn't some who is this guy. It's Jack yeah. Napier. Yeah. So we have that, but yeah, I mean, as much as I I give you know a hard time to Jack Nicholson, there was a lot of good lines as the Joker. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this town laugh. needs an enema. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of my favorite scenes in the movie, and some of my least favorite, <laughs> involve exactly. the Joker. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I do tend to agree with, agree with Jen that you know he the scenes that he's in are more memorable for better or worse. Yeah. It, it <laughs> felt like he got a lot more attention than Batman did in this movie. Yeah. It was kind of the beginning. Uh, well, maybe the beginning isn't isn't fair, but like you know how they often say that like in movies like. It's the villain that really sells it. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this movie is kind of like, you know, the perfect example of that. Um, it's a, the, the big over-the-top villain is what's going to make it a, into a blockbuster film, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it did, I, didn't he even get top billing? I'm trying to remember. I, I've, mm-hmm. I think so. Nicholson Keaton. Yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, he was he was the bigger, like I said, Keaton, he had Beetlejuice. I never saw Beetlejuice, so uh, literally I knew him from Mr. Mom. Wait. <laughs> You have never, or you? I had never. Okay. I've that since like, seen Beetlejuice on. since 1989. Yes. Jen almost died. But in the I year 1989, stopped. I had not yet seen Beetlejuice. Okay, you're forgiven. Let's move on. I'm forgiven. You're the one who liked Ghostbusters too. Let's. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. So let's. All right. Let's talk about the bat suit because this was. This bat suit was actually a pretty significant departure from what was in the comic books at the time and what anybody had ever seen Batman in before. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, been tights. Yeah. Generally, he'd been in tights, and he they were the, I think mm-hmm. at the time in the comics, he was wearing the gray tights with the blue cape and the blue underpants and the blue gloves. And, so hot. Yeah. yeah. Now he, <laughs> and he comes out with a suit, and it is this black rubberized, which I'm sure was hard to move in and made the stunts a little wooden and made him unable to turn his head. Yeah. However, looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, 
I, having watched the documentaries, you know, it was very clear that everyone involved was adamant that it was not going to be tight, and they wanted to just go as far away as they could, and that's that's you know that's why they went where they did. They wanted it to be, uh, they wanted it to be something that wasn't going to be laughed at, you know, that was going to look badass. Um, and I think they largely pulled it off. I think the I remember hearing that the only thing that was kind of a clear uh, connection was a lot in in a lot of the comics at that time the cape and hood were kind of incorporated into one another yeah they were they, that, together the same yeah case. and that was very much the case with this suit obviously powell well. is the name you're looking powell for. sorry yeah yes. <laughs> um but the yellow that was new right yeah i uh i don't think he had ever well i'm trying to think back then in the comic books and i'm i think he might have had yellow around the symbol in the comics at the time because this is no, I'm thinking back to 1989. I'm trying to think chicken and egg. Like which came first? Did the <laughs> yeah. movie do it, and then yeah. the comics copied it, or was he doing it in the comics? And but uh, I mean, he was not wearing all black. So no. and it it came, and even I want to say the bet the the utility belt looked about the same. I think it was the same deal where there was like the long belt with like the little poles things on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what? I think he maybe had the yellow around it. I'm thinking back to now aging myself to like a 1970s Batman role-playing game that came out <laughs> that that I I found at a at a yard sale or a swap meet or something and I picked up because and I want to say it was the 1970s because and I'm trying to think maybe the early 80s in in the book where it gives the uh, the sidetrack of who everybody was Jason Todd was was Robin oh wow so that is yeah. Way back. <laughs> so that goes way. So yeah, so I think the yellow had been around. But the all black was brand new. Hmm. Um, which I, I liked it. I liked the look of the suit. I kind of like the whole it's looks like muscles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I thought that was a great aesthetic. If you could ever actually get that to work where it's not going to be so difficult to move in that your stuntmen are they look wooden. Yeah. I mean you can almost get away with it by saying, Well, Batman's so good he doesn't need to do a lot of fancy moves, he just kinda has to stand relatively still and no wasted movement. Yeah. But what what I know the real reason is because like because he can barely move in that thing. Yeah. Well, it's even it's even referenced sort of indirectly. I think in the Dark Knight where mm-hmm. he talks about. I think he's complaining about how we made some amendments to the suit to increase my mobility, but it's meant that my protection from yeah something like dogs or something. No, <laughs> like, it was uh, it was like you. It'll still wounds. stop a knife, but you're more. I think he said you're more open to uh, stabbing or or gunfire. In oh, okay. Yeah, and so Batman just said, like, well, we wouldn't want this to be too easy. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, but it was because they redesigned the suit specifically so he could move easier. Yeah. And and I actually, w- when I saw the Dark Knight original stuff, I thought, oh, man, this suit looks dumb. And then when you see it in the movie, you're like, no, this works. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it's I, Another point about mobility I read the other day, uh, I had no I had no idea that this was the case. Uh, they they had a couple of suits they, they had to as you'd mm-hmm. imagine yeah for shots that didn't need his face that required Batman to walk in sort of a sweeping intimidating way with the cape um, particularly on the catwalks and stuff they hired a ballerina to do it somebody that could somebody a male ballerina who had the poise necessary to handle the ba- the the necessary balance and yeah they got a they got him as a stand-in to do a couple of those long shots where he needed because Keaton found it was really difficult to like walk in a deliberate sort of sort of intimidating sort of graceful way it was too plodding i guess which is yeah. not hard well, to it's hard to walk with a cape in general i have to imagine <laughs> yeah. it's 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 completely impractical for what he's yeah. like i know it's part of the character and it's from the yeah. 30s and we're never going to see batman without the cape yeah. i get that but yeah. it's completely impractical for what he's actually trying to do you know and you can give me that whole oh it's for gliding whatnot and I'm like no you know no it's impractical but it is for gliding. It is for gliding, but it's impractical. <laughs> Listen, I love Batman. I've been a Batman fan. I love him mm-hmm. with the cape. I don't want you to take him out of the cape. I don't want you to try to come up with a realistic version. But that's the problem when you put a guy in the suit and expect him to be Batman is that the cape is clunky and it's hard to move around it. So you're saying the cape should retract like a vacuum cleaner power cord? When he's no, not I'm, I'm just saying like, you have to go out of your way. Not flying. <laughs> you you need to go so far out of your way to make Batman in a cape look right because right. in real life it's so incredibly impractical that he's going to or be awkward. It could it could be like one of those shades for your window where you like pull the cord down and it kind of <laughs> and then you just yank yeah. on it, and let it. That will strike fear up. in the hearts of criminals. <laughs> Oh wow! 
All right. So before we talk <laughs> story, one more thing we got to touch on because this is huge is that this is the movie that introduced us to the Danny Elfman Batman theme. Yes. Which yes. to this day is the theme that people think they they put it to Batman. When you think what's the Batman theme song, if you don't go na 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 Batman, yes. this is the other thing you think yep. of. I liked uh, I liked the Dark Knight trilogy, but I do not remember a single frigging song <laughs> or or oh. piece of score from it. But uh it wasn't it doesn't strike me as Batman. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I remember the theme that they gave Bane in the third movie a lot more than I remember the Batman theme and associated with Batman. So I think I remember the Joker's chaos theme, which is like a yeah. lot of noise, it's like Reaper effects. You know? noise, yes. <laughs> but yeah. I like the Joker's waltz uh, the, from this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was. I thought brilliant. that was that was amazing. Um, Every time he's dancing. Maybe. Yeah. They the um. Oh, the, I had the soundtrack to this movie, and I I love all the beats on it. The finale is probably one of my favorite. Uh, that when he's driving into the Batcave with Vicky Vale, that scene and the the score is just phenomenal. I love the music. Um, it, they used it again for the animated series. They, uh, in fact, they took they took his his composer Shirley Walker, and oh. they had her like do the in in show music for the uh, Batman animated series. And she came oh, up wow. with her own rendition of the Danny Elfman theme to use for the Batman theme in show, which people still remember to this day. So it was. I mean, the the music influenced the uh, the vision of Batman for years and years and years after these movies had been put away. So the Lego games that have come out recently have all got the, the as I understand it anyway, they've they've all got the yeah, um, they sure do nine themes in it. Yeah, they absolutely do. They have the themes from this movie in them, uh, which I recognize every single one of them because I I've heard <laughs> that soundtrack many times too. Oh, I I liked it. All right, so we're we're gonna get to the story. We're gonna hit a couple of scenes and then we'll talk about the car. <laughs> uh i there are things i liked about the car and there are things i did not like about the car let's talk about the car it's my podcast let's do what <laughs> let's i just, want just jump to the car let's yeah. just talk about the car um i like it was built on a chevy impala because <laughs> i currently drive a chevy impala so it's kind of like i'm driving the Batmobile. i don't like that it looks like a pretty stiff speed bump could have just stopped it right in its tracks Mm, I yeah. don't think Batman would have wanted machine guns mounted to the front of the Batmobile. Yeah, the machine guns always kind of seemed a bit odd to me. Although Batman also kills a bunch. Of he does. He too, kills a so. bunch of people with, <laughs> yeah. uh, without a lot of fanfare and without really caring a whole lot. Of, like, oops. They they definitely <laughs> they glossed over that pretty significant part of the Batman mythos. Yeah. Well, we're not even talking like the the Man of Steel where he feels bad about it. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll cut that. But yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or not, whatever. Or... That's my podcast. You made your whatever. warning like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I did. I made a warning. I definitely did not include Man of Steel in that. So whatever. whatever. So anyway, but yeah, he d he kills a lot of people and he doesn't feel all that bad about it. And that's, I mean, in the comics, that's a, that's a pretty big part of Batman. Yeah. Like even know. more than Wonder Woman or Superman, he does not kill. Like the, the comic, Superman kills when like he absolutely has to. Wonder Woman kills when she feels like it, and Batman <laughs> does not kill and does not condone it. Period. And he doesn't make any excuses for it, no matter who it is, including his other uh, JLA uh, teammates. Not yeah. Again, so. he's, he says no matter what, and I mean, there's only been a couple of times in the comic where they've said where they've actually let him make the exception, and even then they retcon something about it or they it wasn't really killing him or whatever yeah so i don't know it just that that whole thing felt a little off um i i always thought it was very i always thought the car was um i i liked it mm -hmm. uh, and i i liked that they did a modern version of it that was 100 miles away from yeah <laughs> from the 60s version but it always seemed too long and slender to me um and i and i didn't care for the uh cockpit type uh, like the, the fact that it slid forward and stuff. I right. I don't know. I always thought that it should have proper doors on it. Um, but I un I understand. I, I having saw the documentary, it was largely because they the the, the way they designed it in the pictures. There was n in the sketches. There was no other way for them to get in and out of it. So that kind of determined that it was going to be a cockpit. Yeah. I, it always struck me as being too big. Mm. You know, it was. I mean, it was it was very big and it didn't look super sturdy. And it so I always. I see it, and I, I think to myself, this can't fit in places where Batman is going to want to go. <laughs> this thing, it, you can't drive it on a regular street. I mean, even even the Tumblr seems spry next to the 
this yeah. Batmobile. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Love the design of it. Love this Batmobile. Uh, this this Batmobile is going to be a Hallmark ornament this year, and I will be purchasing it when it comes out. Oh, not, not to date this podcast because it'll probably be out by the time we go live. <laughs> but it's uh, not out yet, and it will be, and I do plan to get it. So it's. You know, it, it. I love the design. However, I also will admit that its design is not super practical and is based purely for aesthetics. But the shields thing is pretty cool. Yes, yeah. I I once I once read an issue of 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 Detective Comics where the entire issue was Batman ran off to do something, which wasn't in of whatever it was wasn't detailed in the issue yeah. of the comic, and the whole comic was a band of thugs. Seeing the Batmobile, deciding to themselves, oh, maybe there's something worth stealing in there. Let's try and break in. The whole comic was just the Batmobile ramping up its security features to keep criminals out of it and them getting stymied. Yeah. And then Batman turns up at the end and goes, huh, and just gets in it and drives <laughs> away. And they're all like knocked out. Or... Yeah. Oh, there's one. There was a time when Detective Comics used to be the best book to read because that was the book that didn't deal with like the big giant supervillains and the Justice yes. League team-ups, and it was just kind of Batman just Batman doing Batman things as yeah, a detective. And it was... Yeah. It, I don't think it's that way anymore. I haven't read a comic book in almost a decade now, so... <laughs> so I don't know if it was still like that, but there was... I can believe that, because that used to be the kind of stuff that would just get into detective comics is, hey, how about a book where, you know, yeah. Batman's well, doing something, but we don't see what he does. We see people trying to break into the Batmobile, and it yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. And I never read that one, and I'd love to. It's a great to. issue. I bet it'd be pretty fun, but yeah, I like that idea. I thought it was kind of silly in in the movie when he's blocked by the <laughs> front end loader. By the front end loader. <laughs> now, which would have not stopped the tumbler, mind you. No, <laughs> tumbler wouldn't have been like, "Oh no, what do I do?" Tumbler would have been like, "Oh, <laughs> sucks to be you," and gone right through it. Um, but it gets stopped, and then Batman leaves the car so he can run away, and then puts up the shields so nobody messes with it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, why don't you just put up the shields and stay in the car? Like you did later in the movie when you blew up the... <laughs> blew up the, yeah. the thing withstood that giant explosion. I think you would have been okay. Just wait for the loader to move. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I know. Yeah. Just, just sit there and wait it out. You know, it, it withstood the explosion when you blew up the whole factory full of people. Speaking of killing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So the, the story, there's there are things I, I like about the direction of the story and there's things I don't like. I, I like the whole I like the Joker origin to it because it was it was, I think, significantly creepy enough. And it maybe got people on board with his skin is really white. Yes. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of like trying to show like his skin is white, and anytime he doesn't look like his skin is white, it's because he's putting stuff on he's top of his skin. On, yeah. yeah. Um, things I don't like: I do not like the Joker killing his parents. I get why it was done. Yeah. Uh, the original writer would have never stood for that, but that was that was one of those things where it was the writer's strike, so Tim Burton got to decide it, and that's what he did. Yeah, and yeah, I I don't care for that either. I think the Joker stands alone. It does. You don't need. You don't need another reason why Batman and Joker should be at odds. They are the diametric opposite already. Yeah. It, it makes every sense that Joker would be Batman's like uh, arch enemy. You don't need that. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny. For the longest time, I mean, I'm like not that long ago. Up until then, I thought that that was just canon. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. shame that that has gotten around. I know. <laughs> but, uh, because I was raised why. on these movies. Yeah. Where I just understood that to be fact and never questioned it. Yeah. Which makes me wonder then, so in the, in the animated series, he doesn't know who killed his parents, but yeah. they've established that Jack Napier was the Joker. So kind of makes you wonder if there was maybe some other like unspoken origin of the Joker and that they just never went into. I think I think it makes it's I think there's more weight if it's a senseless crime. Yeah, I have I have always <laughs> been on top of when it was it was done and they <clears throat> shot him and they never got the guy and he's still out there and nobody yeah. knows who he is and yeah. that would explain Batman a lot more. Yeah. Yes. It, and it, you know, and for a while they do that in the comics and then every now and then they'll undo it and they'll go back to being Joe, Joe Chill. Yeah. Uh, which was the name? Who they used in the uh, in the Nolan movies? Yeah, and uh, in the in the Gotham series. Uh, well, as as of the time when when we're recording, they have not gone into who actually shot his parents. They have heavily suggested that it was a mob hit, 
Uh-huh. Um, no idea if we're in that series going to see who who kills them. Um, but I just I like it better if it was it was some guy and he did it and he got away with it and he never got caught and mm-hmm. Batman never finds him and that haunts him and that kind of pushes him to be Batman because when they catch the guy and then you know in some cases the guy gets killed or whatever then well then it just it takes the well, the weight away from it because then you're like well you know there's there's what's eating away at you at this point yeah I and mean, you think yeah. he would just like hang up the cape and. Be yeah. like, okay, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're good. All right. <laughs> Put the feet up on the coffee table, yeah. crack open a beer. Yeah. I mean, not, not to make light of the situation, but yeah, I mean, it's. No, but yeah. Y- you know, you're. I agree. You finished the job now. But so anyway, that's why it always kind of seemed odd to me to have him catch the killer. Although they used this point in Batman Forever when he says like, yeah, so I, I finally got the guy who did it. But then it turns out I wasn't done because I, I didn't realize who I was and. Not that that had a great resolution to it, but at least gave some acknowledgement to it. Like, hey, yeah. turns out that wasn't good enough for me. So, yeah. But anyway, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I was not a huge fan. The other writer strike addition to the movie of <laughs> Alfred letting Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Alfred would have been so fired. Yeah. Like, I, Alfred making the argument for it and mm-hmm. like saying maybe you should let her in. Yes. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> just mean like, I'm just going to let you it, it really felt like Burton was like, oh, we need to figure out some way to have her figure it out. Let's just let Alfred do it. Mm. And, yeah. And it it it, perp- it pissed off a lot of purists, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a bad move for that that point as well. But I know I just I didn't like I didn't it didn't fit. It didn't fit with Alfred. It didn't fit the movie. It just it felt like on a movie that would pad out a parade scene <laughs> for about 10 minutes longer than it had. To be. Uh-huh. Yeah, they needed to quickly get Vicky Vale into the Batcave, and that's how they chose to do it. And I was, I was not a fan of that. The chemical thing was weird, though. Like, I didn't get it when I watched the movie the first time, and I had to watch it as an adult to understand what was going on with like all the makeup and like the people smiling and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, doesn't it seem like that got a little bit glossed over too? Yeah, I mean, it was it was over as it was over pretty quickly, and then on to other. <laughs> other things it really was like he's like "Uh oh you use anything in the chemicals and you already got these and you'll get the smile on your face and oh that's so sad and then bruce like let's go shopping and then he figures it out (laughs) all right so i figured it out and and we're supposed to believe that the people forgive the joker later when he does the parade again i'm bringing it back to the parade like you you do remember when it was just like maybe a month ago when he was just killing people at random right but well 20 million (laughs) that's a lot of money that's a lot of million in 1989 that's a lot of money i'm not gonna do my figures but literally dozens of people came out (laughs) i tell you that parade scene it looked like the king's stanley cup parade (laughs) zing wow hockey insider joke (laughs) that's right it's my podcast man i can do what i want oh yeah i just i don't know It, it seemed for what they were trying to do and make it seem more important than it was it was just Sort of, I here's the threat. I fixed it, and I made him give him an excuse to bring Vicky Vale to the to the Batcave, which was a scene not nearly as cool as the bringing Rachel Dawes to the Batcave in Batman Begins. Yeah, because it was a, a little bit more silly, and it had that ridiculous fight scene, which had my favorite. I think this was where my my, my favorite fight scene in the movie is the guy with the swords. And he's all winging him <laughs> around and being all like, "Ah, oh, swinging yes. swords!" And Batman just kicks him in the face. <laughs> and his arms stay perfectly down to his side too. Like he doesn't even take a defensive stance. He's just like, I'm just gonna kick you. I'm I'm tired. The guy that falls through the floor behind him was pretty ridiculous too. But you know. yeah, that's also true. That was that was a scene where he gets shot then, and then he just plays dead. And they're like taking his mask off, and you're like, do you maybe not want to play dead anymore? Yeah. You think think maybe at this point you might want to do something like not have Vicky Vale have to save you with the camera, <laughs> which was dumb. Ah, oh. yeah, I wasn't so much fan of that now the lead-up scene the art studio that was actually kind of fun that was fun yeah it was yeah like joker and what was the one that he uh i really should have looked that up before this this podcast um the one painting he wanted to save yeah oh i like that one yeah (laughs) that was be surprised if that was a painting that nicholson actually himself himself like because he's actually a pretty big art guy yeah Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if that was an inside joke or or reference he really liked it he's like nope i won't even let my character ruin this (laughs) it was 
<laughs> I was not not to spoil it because it, it, I might mention this scene later in this podcast, but I think that was probably my one of my favorite lines of the whole movie is when he's just yeah. I kind of like this one. Leave it. <laughs> Like that's he just liked it. So he's the joke. He's like, I know we're doing our thing here, but uh, no, this one, this one stays. I like it. It was called Figure with Meat. Ah, uh, yeah, Figure with Meat. Well, of course, I don't know how I didn't remember that one. From, I love yeah. how it's it's made its way into the Wikipedia page of Figure yeah. with Meat. Yep. Painting is featured in Tim Burton's 1989 film <laughs> Batman. <laughs> All right. So Figure with Meat is the is the painting he saves, and even on its Wikipedia page, is, I like this one, Bob. Leave it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't. It, Nicholson must just like this painting. I don't know what else. It was just, it works. I thought it was pretty cool. So that was a nice scene. And then you get the, uh, the scene where he get he does he does a split and like Batman like zooms down on the zip line and where does he get those wonderful toys? Yeah. Uh, which was in every single commercial for this movie, and every trailer, <laughs> yeah. and 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 every toy commercial from this movie they showed that same scene like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got for such a good line. I got so sick of it just because it got so overplayed. But I, I can even forgive Prince just because I happen to like that part. <laughs> so let's we have to we have to talk about how they wrap the story up, and we need to talk about the parade. <laughs> yeah, because this this was my least favorite part of the whole movie. It went on forever. It wasn't very well set up. It was very clearly set in. And it was clearly in a sound studio somewhere, and there was modeling done, and the balloons looked weird, and they didn't make a whole ton of sense. And then they were very Tim Burton ish. Yeah. (laughs) And then the Batwing shows up, and it managed. I am not a fan. Unless you're going for Super Camp, Mm -hmm. Adam West can get away with this, and George Clooney can get away with this. I don't like Batman having something that you can use for this particular threat that is so bat, specific. The bat scissors. <laughs> yeah. That, there's no other reason you would have had it unless you think like, I bet he's going to use those balloons and fill them with gas, and I better be able to release them if I have to. Yeah. So not just bat scissors, but they're bat graspers with a scissor <laughs> attachment to them. So that you grab them first, then cut them later. He could have machine gunned them, for Christ's sake. Wouldn't that have been enough? Like, just pop them all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just I didn't Ugh. like it. He grabs him and it was so forced and he lets him go. Then he flies in front of the moon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For no other reason than because hey, if somebody happens to be standing right there, this will look pretty cool. Um, Batman phone home. Yeah, yeah, almost it, stalls it. <laughs> he almost stalls it, flies back down, uses every targeting computer in the Batwing to try yeah. to fire at, at the Joker. At the Joker yeah. Misses every single shot. The yeah. Joker pulls out is a revolver with just a very long barrel and shoots the <laughs> and shoots batwing out of the sky. Yeah. Worst worst thing in the whole movie, hands oh down. Oh my goodness. I mean, just shaking your head. And, I mean, and just because he has the batwing, Joker kills Bob. Yeah. Poor Bob. I mean, this this is a guy who I he he never came back in any other iteration, I don't think. Oh. He's never been in the comic book. They've never even tried it. It's just he gets to be Bob in this movie and then he's done. Poor Bob. Yep. It's a shame because, you know, Bob was his number one uh, a guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I did not get that that was a Jack Palance impression until yeah. like just a few years ago. <laughs> I finally clicked it. Oh, yeah. Nicholson's doing an homage there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, poor Bob. But that, that was dumb. And then he takes Vicky up the, the, the top of the cathedral for the, the helicopter pickup. For whatever reason, I don't know. I don't even know why Joker suddenly, other than for the plot of this movie, why would the Joker suddenly have a thing for Vicky Vale? Yeah, I mean, the whole he likes art and she's an artist. I I, I that's about it. I I got a real olive oil Bluto Popeye triangle thing going. (laughs) My mother said the same thing about that actually. (laughs) It's it's convenient for the story for them to be fighting over the same girl. Um, yeah. it's a lot more believable in the dark night, uh, when the two characters that are you know, going after Rachel Dawes, um, and I, well, she likes both of them though, although it's obviously Vicky Vale doesn't care for the Joker yeah. at all. Yeah. I bet, you know what I mean? Like with, when the Joker went after Rachel Dawes, he did it because very clearly Batman had a thing for her. So she became a target. Yes. Yeah. But in this one, I mean, the Joker just sees Vicky Vale and he thinks like, huh, this is plot convenient. I'll like her. Yeah, <laughs> um, it did lead to that that really fun scene where where Michael Keaton sort of 
he tries to be tough guy as Bruce Wayne. He says, "You want to get nuts?" He Let's he turns get... he yeah. turns into Michael Keaton for like about thirty yeah. seconds, which <laughs> I'll forgive him because I like has the nothing. Scene. To, yeah, it has nothing to do with Batman. It was completely out of character for the movie, <laughs> but it was Michael Keaton being Michael Keaton, and I love it. Yeah. It's completely well, forgivable, yeah. And it led to my favorite two lines, the whole, you know, name's Jack, hurts people. <laughs> I like him already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was it, That was not a bad scene for being ridiculous and really serving nothing to the plot of the movie, other than to... Her, her suspicions of him getting away and... Like, yeah, and it, it, it's, I guess it's the one that cements that Joker killed his parents. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. since I think that's dumb, so I whatever. And I, don't even, I don't even think his little his little line is cool. Like you ever dance with the devil in the pale yeah. light? Like no, that's just dumb. Yeah. And that's it a, doesn't. That's, I don't think it fits with the Joker either. It's it doesn't. Not a joke. It doesn't fit with the Joker. I don't even think that's it fits silly. with with Jack. No, not he really. doesn't say it to anybody else before he kills them. No, he doesn't say that to Eckhart before he blows him away. No, he tells <laughs> Eckhart to think about the future. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't say it to. Uh, Boss Grissom. No. Nope. Uh, he doesn't say it to. Doesn't say it to Tony. <laughs> no, he doesn't say it to Tony. He says he says a lot of other. Funny he says, things. "I'm glad you're dead." <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, another favorite oh. scene of mine. <laughs> There's a lot of good scenes with him in it, but I I just it just was out of place. And this fight on top of the um when Batman's fighting his. Like he's dancing with Vicky, Joker's dancing with Vicky. Batman's fighting the goons. First of all, it's I really thought it was a it was a failed opportunity there. I mean, when you're Batman and you have a giant circular staircase with the big open <laughs> center and yeah. you have a utility belt, yeah. how are you getting beat to the top of this thing by yeah. anybody? Isn't this like exactly what you have a grappling hook for? Yeah. Precisely yeah. what it's for? Like, huh, I bet I can just shoot up the center of this thing and I'll beat him up there. Yeah. Uh Pretty contrived, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of that going on in this version of Batman. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean this this scene was just, I mean, even you take the parade and you take it all the way through to the end. It it ended so flat, and it ended with, um, I mean, in our ghost, but in our first Ghostbusters one, we talked yeah. about a CGI scene that made us cringe, and there is a CGI bit at the uh, in the climactic scene that is, oh, oh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Yeah, I. This is why you always go practical, <laughs> because yeah, you know, I mean it's. We'll harken back to Ghostbusters again. You can make Mister Stay Puffed walk through downtown New York, and you can make <laughs> it look real enough even by today's standards. And then you can years later try to make the Statue of Liberty walk down New York and have it look so terrible that you just have to roll in their eyes. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, it was even worse on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Watching that, <laughs> just that fake smile disappear below to a vanishing point. It was. Yeah. Just, oh. oh man, I, I I can't imagine that helped. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it was. I, I just the ending was kind of weird when like he grapples him to a to a gargoyle and the Joker is like, well, I'm just gonna hang on to the ladder instead of doing anything about this. And then so now like he's hanging by the gargoyle and he drops him so murder again Batman yeah. kills <laughs> and he falls down um wily coyote esque yeah <laughs> through the pavement through the pavement seriously yeah <laughs> just as ridiculous as that is and then they find this little laughing box on him yeah and you're shaking it like what is that Come I actually on. did like that. I, the, of all of the that bits, that little bit of the cops standing over him and being creepy. I found that a bit creepy. I, the fact that his what? head wasn't popped like a, a melon, on the other hand, on hitting the sidewalk, <laughs> that was a bit convenient from, uh, tw- you know, 30, 40 stories or whatever that would have been. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. you know, it was it was a bad way to end it. But then, then they get, like, the bat signal reveal. <laughs> I don't like the bat signal because it's something that only works in the comics yeah. and is not at all practical oh. um, in any other way. However, the music that played for the scene, phenomenal, yes. probably yes. my favorite track of the soundtrack. Great payoff. <laughs> the, uh, so there's that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's, it, it's, it's a shame it ended on a sour note. Like I said, I loved this movie as a kid. Um, I still think fondly about it now when I think back to it, but then when you have to sit here and talk about it, there's a lot of good things, but there's a lot of bad that goes along with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still the best of all those uh, subs- uh, of, of the, uh, how, do you, how do you even refer to them? I say the original theatrical Batman movies. Yeah, it's the best of all those. It, it is the best. 
I I remember there was at one point in time in my life when I thought to myself, I think I like Batman Returns better. And then I saw it and I said, no, I'm wrong. I don't like this one better. This one's the worst. I'd rather watch Batman and Robin. I kind of, oh no. I like I like Returns a lot more than Robin. I like Batman and Robin, and not to get too much on a previous hero talk, but I liked it because it felt like just the movie version of the Adam West Batman. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. I've never heard yeah. anyone make that comparison, but yeah, because it was cam- it was campy and yeah. it involved Batgirl in a convenient sort of way. Yeah, it was, it was super it campy. Itself very seriously, it, it's <laughs> not in the slightest bit serious and. They had their, oh, good thing we brought our bat skates and my bat credit card. And it was every stupid contrivance that they used in that campy series. And when you look at it critically, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. And that's why it was <laughs> it was such a trying hero talk when you're trying to discuss this movie <laughs> in any kind of intelligent way. However, I mean, it's it was fun. And Batman Returns was not fun. Like, even no. for people I've who always... like it, you can't say it was fun. Well... I've always loved the tank, the character of the penguin. And honestly, again, this is probably going back to the Ghostbusters podcast again. I think I probably saw Returns a hell of a lot more when I was little. So I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason why I still love it. You can't use that excuse I because I saw Returns more when I was little than when I was older. And see, When, when I was I little, now, I saw Returns many, many more times than I saw the original Batman. And oh, wow. Yeah. And I, it's, I think, I, I think less love- of it because of that. The characters of the Penguin and Cat. I love Catwoman. Yeah. So when I watched the first one, I'm kind of like, where's Catwoman? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's <laughs> another factor here is that, like, well, I've, you know, with seeing these, these weren't my introduction to Batman. When I see Danny DeVito Penguin and he's got the black bile and he's a little oozy, like, in my head, I'm thinking, where's Burgess Meredith? Like, that's <laughs> that's my Penguin. And yeah. he was a fun character. And this guy wasn't fun. And no. He's... Always he, was a Tim Bur- he was a Tim Burton character is yeah, what he, he was. he was Tim Burton's Batman. Now, let's not even get into the idea that they were able to hack the Batmobile by just looking up the patents. <laughs> <laughs> Record office. That's ridiculous. But anyway, now is the time on Hero Talk where we say what our favorite part of the, the movie was and we discuss it. So, Jen, we'll start with you. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. I have a couple of scenes. You had to that... know this was coming. You've been on Hero Talk before. <laughs> no, I no, I was thinking of this before, and I couldn't come up with one. What I really like are two scenes. I think the dinner scene mm-hmm. between the two of them is really cute, and he has that little cute comment where he's like, actually, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed a lot with that. That's, that, that, really, that, is, that's... that is a good good part of the movie. Yeah. And that, that whole scene of uh, Joker at that, the head of the table with all the mobsters, that whole scene I loved. And I was just sitting there like, God, I love Nicholson. So those are my two favorites. See, I, I don't like that scene so much. And it's not because I think Nicholson overplayed it. I don't like any of the scenes where Joker's wearing human makeup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see Joker being just straight up white faced. Yeah. 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 Uh, um. Jeff, you go. for me for me it's hard to go past the uh, museum to be honest. Um, although <laughs> Jack Palant, Joker's reveal, uh, well, Joker in the, the doctor's office through to Joker's reveal and Jack shooting Jack Palance is a, is a really nice <laughs> setup as well too. Yeah, no, that's uh, very well. That was just that's just great cinematography. That's yeah, th- that's the scene you get Tim Burton in for because that was something else. And the whole him going nuts and shooting him over and over again and laughing like a maniac and like shooting over his shoulder and the music. Oh, I, I like how they, they pretty day, much established that like after he kills him, all those other shots didn't hit anything. He's just <laughs> yeah. having fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot because it, it set the tone for <laughs> what Joker was going to be like uh, in terms of decisions and, and spontaneity and violence. The rest it's, of the movie. It's, it's a good Joker scene. I, I For my favorite scene. I have to go with what has has always been my favorite scene, and I I don't think I could I could get away from it. Even even knowing now, even when I watch it and I point out the things that are silly about it, the opening scene with those two crooks on the roof. I mean, that's it. That's the scene when he would Batman grabs that guy and he holds him over the edge. Yeah, gasps in fear, like, "What are you?" <laughs> and he just pulls him. He's like, "I'm Batman." Tosses him, jumps down. The guy looks. He's gone. You know, totally Batman moment. Uh, it's that's still it for me. I still love that scene, even even when I can point out here's what's wrong with that scene. I still mm. love it. It's a great introduction to the character, yeah, and to what he can do and what into into the sort of 
fear he can strike <laughs> into yeah. the, these common criminals and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it stands even even with the terrible ear shadow effect in that scene. <laughs> I still love it. I still I I just I love it's just for that exchange when the guy is hanging over the edge of the building and Batman is like, I'm not going to kill you. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Like that was, I mean, that's, that's Batman right there. Yep. Yep. So, so that's all right. So there we go. That's Batman 1989, Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you for the scores. What would you give this movie? Um, it's a score. I will, uh, largely for nostalgic reasons, give this a, uh, four poison gas filled parade float balloons out of five would you, would you like to try that again poison gas filled parade float blimps out of wow five. all right hey that can't be any worse than free floating full torso full torso vapor yeah that's yeah that, that one was hard to say i i will say i was surprised i pulled that out when it actually came showtime all right so so a four use four out of five all right, so Jen, how about you? Uh, God, three out of five, and I'm not even going to be inventive with what I'm wow. giving. Wow, wow, way to way to way to bring something to the table. Three, three batterings or something. <laughs> Could couldn't even say three Batmans out of five. Nah, I was very lackluster about this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm 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 sorry. Well, when you know what, when we do Batman Returns, we'll bring you back on. Yes, and and you it can talk up. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, so I was kind of. That's Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Returns is uh, Catwoman, Devito, right? I yeah. will be all yeah. over that. Yeah, I'm. You know what? And there there are certain parts I do actually really like about this. That has probably some of my favorite fight scenes from the, the Batman movies with him and the the Red Triangle Circus Gang. But hmm. anyway, so we'll we'll bring you back for Batman Returns. You can be more enthusiastic. But for me, okay, thank you. I give this movie four devils out of five pale moon nights. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, you know, it's, I still, even, even with everything that's wrong with it, I still think back fondly to it. And I even try to go out of my way not to watch it anymore. So I don't think of anything bad to say about it because <laughs> there are still things I like. I quote this movie all the time, you know, and, and I quote all the different lines that everybody said in this movie. You know, there are, there are some instances where, you know, I think every time somebody asks what Batman is, they should just say, what are you? I'm certain that that scene inspired the corresponding scene from Batman Begins. I'm sure yeah. of it. I read the leaked script. That was not in the original script. That was added later. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, if you're going to pay homage to something, it might as well be the good yeah. parts, right? <laughs> it's, it's, at that point, it's established. This, this movie established that Batman needs to introduce himself as I'm Batman. And if he doesn't say it to Superman, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> All right, you hear that, Ben Affleck? <laughs> That's your warning. You're one. You hear that little bitch? Yeah, you you don't make me have to come find you, Ben <laughs> Affleck. All right, and so there we go. That's Batman. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so on behalf of my panel, I just want to thank everyone for listening in on this Hero Talk. If you have a movie you want us to discuss, or if you want to join our panel for a Hero Talk, you can email HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, and reviews, visit Enthusiacs.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Enthusiacs, subscribe to our YouTube channel, that's YouTube.com slash Enthusiacs. And as always, we'll see you right back here on the next Hero Talk. Hey there, Enthusiacs. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I'm re-getting... Bleh, sorry, let's start that over. Holy cow, re-getting. Good job. <laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> re-getting. Leave that for the cold open. Oh. And then, go to the, <laughs> and then, and then go to the music. <laughs>